This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, it's Matt Robeson. Welcome to Beyond Politics. We want to bring you part two of a conversation that I had with USA Today columnist Rex Hupke about his outstanding analysis about a whole bunch of things, especially the new impeachment inquiry that Kevin McCarthy launched this week, and also issues like Joe Biden's age. Is this actually an issue or is this all invented vapor coming from the right? What about the abortion issue? Is that really all that matters politically at this point? And what trajectory are we on for this upcoming election? Shouldn't it just be the case that Donald Trump has disqualified himself? It sure seems like it. So why is that not all that we're talking about? Hope you enjoyed the first part of this conversation from the feed yesterday. If you haven't caught that yet, you may want to go back in the Beyond Politics feed and check that out. And with that, here we go. I think there are two things going on. There's sort of an inside politics game that you alluded to which is Kevin McCarthy is under immense pressure right after he did this. Matt Gates took to the floor of the house to say, it is time for us to institute. What, what was it? Operation Valkyrie. Was that the, that horrible Tom Cruise movie? Yeah. Like we're taking we're, motion to vacate. We're taking McCarthy out. This guy has failed. Boy, this coming from yes. Von Forehead is really or, something yeah, else. Yeah. But yeah, mega Von Forehead. Clearly, McCarthy is playing a little bit of defense internally mm -hmm. and trying to stave off. He's like, no, look, seriously, I can be crazy too. Woo. And so he's doing that piece. There's also the piece where they're clearly in a macro outside baseball kind of way, playing some defense because as you alluded to in your wonderful parody, there are 91 charges pending against Donald Trump. And so they're just trying to make it seem like a plague on both their houses. See, it's what about this? What about that? Doesn't matter if there's anything to it. They're just throwing as much chaff as they can at this. Okay. I get that piece. But I think the other thing that's probably going on here is they're desperately searching for some offense. And what polling seems to be revealing at this point, it's way far out, is that Biden actually doesn't have a lot of vulnerabilities when it comes to issues. I think I've seen a raft of polling from different outfits. The a source that I really trust, Global Strategy Group, their Navigator Project, I've had a lot of those folks on this show, has identified that there's one issue that really bugs voters about Joe Biden. And it's not inflation, it's age. Yeah. And I think that's why we keep seeing this age thing get pushed up. What was interesting to me was that over the weekend, you saw a number of prominent media voices, including Joe Klein, who's generally thought to be somewhat left-leaning, start to bite on this and say, yeah, maybe Biden shouldn't be running again. What do you think is going on here? First of all, absurd in terms of anyone trying to suggest that the incumbent should not run. It's just that, that, that I understand the age issue, but that's just an outrageous thing. And you're right, there's been said David Ignatius at the Washington Post had a piece on similarly talking about that. And yeah, so I, I just find that kind of baffling that anybody would actually think that a good idea right now would be to completely change gears and, and take the incumbent off the ticket. But regardless of that, I think that 
the age thing, it's basically exactly what you said. It's that it is, that's the primary target. That's his primary weakness. And there is nothing he can really do about that. So it's not, it's, you can counter it by having him go on a global trip, to, diplomatic trip, which they just did, and show that he is more than capable. But yeah, he's 80. Like I've got it. Yeah. No, here's what you do. Do you remember at the end of Revenge of the Nerds when they were in the competition to try and take over the Greek council? Uh -huh. I think he and Donald Trump should ride a tricycle against hey. where you chug a can of beer every lap. Uh -huh. I think there should be a tug of war. I think, what did he challenge Trump to? Push-ups. I'd love to see Donald Trump drink a glass of water with one hand and then navigate his way down a ramp. And then Joe Biden can do it. Let's do that. That's it. You're right. And you see these pictures of Biden on vacation riding his bike along. I'm like, I would, you could make a pay-per-view of Trump trying to ride a bike and you would make enough to lower the federal debt big time. I, and the, and that, that kind of gets to the, what I think is the main absurdity of the age issue. Would I love to have a you know, strapping 50-year-old, liberal, smart, charismatic, Obama-like communication skills, all that sort of stuff? At the top of the ticket? Sure, of course I would. I'm sorry, I'm not going to run well, for president. Well, come on, how many? I Look, I, no matter how much you beg. I've sent money, I've done everything. You just won't do it. That's the ideal, and we all want... I agree, that would be good, and I agree that would be better. And I also agree that 80 is a lot, right? At the same time, look at the guy. It's not like he's not doing it. He's getting... He's The guy has done an, an obscene amount, frankly, for a first term pre like what he's accomplished whether and a, guy, a lot of people don't like what he's accomplished and that's fine but it's still a lot and he's done it with a congress that's just absolutely dug in you know what's crazy to me though a lot of people do what he's done that's what's that's what's nutty about it that's every it. time you like poll it and you don't Washingtonese right, it right, like yeah. you don't say do you support the bipartisan infrastructure act and people are yeah. like what the fuck are you talking about right. when you say do you like that that we're investing billions of dollars to fix roads and bridges people are like yes i've been begging for this when like how yeah. do you feel about our china competitiveness it's yes thank goodness that's yeah. what that's what's nutty to me it is it's bizarre and and i think it's just part of the nature of of our political divide and polling too i think polling is a, is a struggle now i think the reliability of polls has definitely decreased somewhat but the thing with the age is that trump is 77 right so it's not like we're comparing 80-year-old Biden with 50-year-old Adonis Republican Uber dude or something like that. Trump is 77, subsists as best we can tell on fried chicken and cheeseburgers, and wouldn't, he actually, this is a, I love this anecdote about him that nobody ever pays attention to. He believes, this is well-documented from past reporting, he believes, he doesn't believe in exercise. He believes the body, you are born with a certain amount of energy in your body, and so exercise is just wasting that energy. But not kidding. You look it up. It's been fact checked all over the place. So he wow. doesn't, aside from walking a few feet on the golf course here and there in between hopping in the cart, the guy doesn't do jack. And he looks totally, when you see him not caked in makeup and with the fancy suit and everything, you see the pictures from Mar-a-Lago where he's coming off the golf course or something. He looks like a mess. Look, I don't care. For me personally, I have known people who are like in their 50s and 60s who seem ancient and like a mess and out of it. I've seen people in their 80s and even early 90s who are sharp as a tack. And I was cut, my wife and I were climbing a mountain in Colorado when we were like in our late 20s and we were nearing the summit. It's like a 14,000 foot mountain. So it's hard to breathe. <laughs> we could go and we were in good, we were young, we were in good shape. We go like 
20 feet maybe. And then we had to catch our breath. A pack of not kidding, excuse us. And they zipped past us. These were like mountaineering and they were all over 80. It was like a club. And my wife and I were like, damn, how does that? So point being age is a, it depends on the individual, right? It's a very individual thing. So, you know, I get, again, I get, and I get the, the fact that he would be the oldest president and I get that people would prefer someone younger, especially younger people. I think also right. I'm like, why are we going to get these older people out of it? get it but the option here is not it's three years difference man it's not yeah. like it is just not significant so to me that's the number one target against biden but for some reason the broader media as well as voters for that matter are ignoring it when it comes to trump i guess because he what i hear people say is he just seems very because he's because he like spouts off and rants and raves and so that makes him seem tougher whereas biden has a stutter that we know about biden's not the best communicator never has been i don't know i just find it all bizarre it is and i'm not trying to fall into what roy Teixeira calls the fox news fallacy right where because fox is saying it it must be false as you say there's some there oh sure yeah absolutely he is definitively 80 so we can't get around that but I, at the same time, there is no comparison. He is, A, historically killing it from mm -hmm. a productivity of a president standpoint. B, there was a brilliant political cartoon over the last few days. It might have actually run in your outfit. It might have been in USA Today, where there's someone being saved from a burning fire, and the superhero is Joe Biden. And she yeah. says, I'd really prefer that my rescuer be younger. And it's, here we are with this. Don't people remember that we were in a car on fire careening off a cliff three years ago and now we are not? And that's because of President Biden and like, he's fine. And I do agree with your point that he's the incumbent. As long as he's compass mentis, he can decide. And, and he appears to still be compass mentis. The only thing I will say gives me a little bit of pause here is I, I wonder if I'm being a little risk averse because I'm a Democrat. We are the kings of the circular firing squad. We believe that everything is gonna go badly for us. We think that if it's heads I win, tails I lose, like we're gonna see a, a, a sea of tails out there. Like everything will go bad for us. And I wonder if we're over tilting on that because as you've written, Trump, Trump has been called a rapist by a federal judge, right? Trump is a rapist. Trump is still facing 91 felony counts. Trump, there is a good chance that he is going to be a convicted felon right. by the time the election comes around. Donald Trump incited an insurrection. He has disqualified himself. And he seems, we can get into, is there any chance of Republicans beating him? But he seems overwhelmingly likely to be the nominee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the only argument that gives me a little bit of pause here, I'll admit, is wouldn't all the advantages that Joe Biden is bringing to the table also exist for Gretchen Whitmer, Pete Buttigieg, Jared Polis? Pick your Dem, like any reason, Gavin Newsom, any reasonable candidate that the Democrats could put forward who wasn't like from North Wokistan. It, it does seem it. What am I missing? Is that does that resonate with you at all? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Matt. You may have heard my recent guest, Matt McNeil, an outstanding progressive radio host out of Minnesota. And you might be thinking, I wish there were a show like that where I live. Well, you can listen to the Matt McNeil Show streamed live every weekday from 3 to 5 p.m. on AM 950 KTNF, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Or you can get the podcast of the Matt McNeil Show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I think it's a reasonable thought, but I think with any new person comes risk, right? Gavin Newsom could sound great. Gretchen Whitmer could sound great. But as we've seen, and I'm not comparing them in any way, shape, or form to Ron DeSantis, but as we have seen with Ron DeSantis, once you go from popular governor who is recognized and liked nationally by their own party to national presidential candidate being looked at very closely by the national media, things don't always go great. And and, and I, I you could see it coming a mile away, I think, with DeSantis that he was not going to be likable. I would like to think personally that especially Gretchen Whitmer, maybe Gavin Newsom as well, would also be likable. But at the same time, I don't know, what's the right wing machine going to do when it starts digging on either of them? How are they going to attack? What's that going to do? The thing with Biden is Biden is a, and part of what helped him beat Trump is that he was a known commodity. Also, generally liked, right? Biden is a non-controversial, in outside again, outside in the, in the right-wing media bubble, he's both a devious criminal mastermind, single-handedly destroying America, and also a dementia-addled dead body being run like a puppet by Barack Obama or so whatever. They have their own nutso soup over there, and that's fine. But outside of that, Joe Biden, he may be older, but he's still avuncular. He's he he is not Donald Trump for sure. Right. The antithesis of that in a lot of ways. So I think that and he's and he beat him before. A lot of it I look at is okay. Who does Trump win now that he didn't win in 2020? And that's nobody. He has not expanded. He has only gone backwards. And with Dobbs in particular, that's going to add to it. So I think you're right. I think I just yeah, wanted I mean, to talk it out. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's a good. But and unlike Republicans, I think it's good that Democrats are having this conversation because, frankly, Republicans should probably, and some are saying this, but not enough, are, should be saying, yeah, maybe there's somebody better than the guy with the 91 felony counts who we could pony up here. I don't know, the guy who lost, like, the last time screwed us in both midterms on either side of his presidency and is, like, one of the most disliked people on the planet. I think if you actually read the dot pattern on Kevin McCarthy's tie, it does, in Morse code, spell out, help me. Oh. <laughs> it does, it yeah. does. I thought his press conference, by the way, just back on impeachment for one second, just, I had to edit this into the video, and I really watched the video of this. It felt like a hostage video a little bit. It's the food from my captors is tasty and nourishing. I'm being well-treated by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. By the way, her demands are totally reasonable, American people. It's, I don't know. I'm not saying I feel bad for the guy. I definitively do not. Like, I, I would love to have a, a spinal transplant for the man, but <laughs> gravy. It does seem, yeah, maybe you should. Actually, let's have that conversation right now. I've made my argument about this. You tell me, is there any chance of any of these Republicans beating Donald Trump 
for the presidential nomination unless he drops out no i i don't see it. if I, he dies will he still win yeah that's my, he would no i think somebody else would win zombie trump right yeah it's actually an interesting point what would happen though is it would just deflate his voters right somebody else would win but they wouldn't support. believe he was dead yeah, this that too. Yeah, that's right. Don Jr. would probably come out and deny rumors of my father's <laughs> passing have been great. So I don't know, man. Again, I'm very, I'm very hesitant on a lot of polling, especially this far out, of course. Yeah, yeah. But if you and you look at and you you watch the the primary polling, and now it's both on state levels in a lot of places like Iowa and New Hampshire, and also national. And he is so far ahead. It is just like there was a. a I was just reading an, another one that came out that just had nobody else, even Santos had slipped into single digits. His The average still had them around 14, 15%, but polls lately have, he's dropped into like single digits. So all of them, basically, it's Trump and then single digits. Or best case scenario, it's Trump, DeSantis, 14, 15, and everybody else in single digits. Right. And that seems to, what makes me believe that more is that has been mirrored in the state polling that I've seen as well. How do you, I just don't see how, again, unless he drops out and says, you know what, I'm throwing my support behind Vivek or whatever. I just don't see how that plays out anyway, but him and that, and, and I know we're all numb to a lot of this. That is staggering. Staggering. Yeah. The amount of legal trouble that guy is in, what he's facing, the things he's accused of, as well as again, all the things we have seen him do we the post the stuff he posts on truth just absolutely batshit insane stuff and he is leading by 40 plus or more sometimes points in the poll it's just not even close this is so like the argument that like oh and i think republicans really want to move on from no they don't want to move on I, they, they don't they want him and here's the problem that i'm having back in 2000 there were people who out of genuine conviction or because something that was said resonated with them, voted for Ralph Nader. And I could understand. You screwed the rest of us, but I could understand. I have friends, dear friends, who voted for Ralph Nader mm. that time. What I could not forgive was the people who voted for him in 2004. It's we've seen this movie. You cannot do this. I cannot, you have to be able to see this. If you can't see this, I can no longer help you. And for Republicans, polling shows that the majority of Americans, especially the majority of Republicans, actually thought Donald Trump was a moderate in 2016. They yeah. were under the impression that he was being outrageous and performative and being a showman, shocking intentionally. But they, there were so many stories. You must have seen them in all of your, in the, in the publications that you write for. Oh, insiders say, we're going to calm him right down once he becomes president. Pivot. He'll pivot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. And I can even maybe, maybe, probably not, but I could all squint and forgive my Republican friends who voted for him in 2020. Almost. Because I can say, all right, he was the incumbent president and they could talk themselves into, it's a two-party system. Like I, I could almost, I can't really. But at this point for the Republican party to nominate him again, yeah, you can't fool me with the idea that, oh, really the majority of Republicans want to move on. Yeah. No, I, at, at a certain point, who was the football coach who said, you are what your record says you are. You are what your record says you are. And you guys, it's on you. And so what I ended up writing in Newsweek two weeks ago, my argument was 
it's time for a Margaret Chase Smith declaration of conscience moment. I don't expect this out of the other Republicans running for president, but I do expect this out of the other heavyweights who remain in the Republican Party to band together and do collectively what six senators were able to do in 1950, standing up to Joe McCarthy and say, we will not stand for this. We will not abide it. Create a permission structure, create some mental space for other Republicans to get on board. Polling shows that 62% of the Republican primary electorate is open to voting for someone other than Trump. So create that pathway, put some momentum behind it. That was the one way I thought it could happen. And it sounds like you're yeah, saying that's a great theory, Matt. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. That's 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 adorably optimistic. Look at Vivek and Nikki Haley are going to suddenly turn on Trump. No, they're not going to do that. They don't have that kind of moral character at all, like not even close. I don't think personally. I agree with the concept and 100 percent. And frankly, it's the fact that the Republican Party has not been smart enough to shed Trump for its own self-preservation is confounding beyond all political logic. They've had every opportunity to shake loose of him and they just haven't. And I know that base is a lot, but that base, they could have had time to re-nurture that base if they had acted and, and they didn't. And so now they're stuck with him. But yeah, who, let's see, during the debate, didn't all but two of them say they would support Trump if he was the not, except I think it was Christie and uh, like Asa Hutchinson maybe didn't say something. They, they all bend to me. And I don't, and they sure as heck aren't going to turn on him at this point. If they were going to do that, you've got your Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson, who have, who speak out pretty boldly, hypocritical though it may be for Christie, pretty boldly about Trump, but the rest of them are just either vying for VP or if in DeSantis's case, just getting the snot beat out of him, which he deserves. So couldn't happen to a nicer guy on a routine basis. So. All right. Step on your next column or your favorite concept that's coming out. What's, what are you working on now that you're really like tenting your fingers over? Go, go ahead and preview. There's a couple of things. One, which ties in with a lot of what we've talked about. One is the idea that they, the Republicans should just say that they have impeached Biden and not even bother, because then look at how many people- They built the wall. They believe all this stuff. Why would they not believe that? Just say, yes, he's been impeached and whatever, and just save us all the trouble of a hearing and, and whatnot. Just get to what you're eventually going to say one way or the other and cut out the nonsense and then just let your people believe what they want to believe. That was one thing. The other, another thing that I've been doing, which I think is an important thing for people to start considering as we creep towards the next election is looking at what's happened in Michigan, for example, with under Democratic leadership, and kind of comparing that to what's happened to Florida, and also Texas, places like that. Because I think there's a real, when you distill it down, there's, it's a question of what kind of a world do you want to live in? Where are your priorities? And to me, whether it's voting rights, rights for LGBTQ people, fairness in, in with pay and other equity type things like that, environment, all of these things, the differences couldn't be more stark, right? I just had Matt McNeil, the progressive radio host out of Minnesota on the mm -hmm. show. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. the episode had a bunch of audio problems, which really drove me crazy. But that's what I wanted to talk to Matt about. Well, yeah. Minnesota is the same thing as Michigan, right. unified control. And what happened? They, their January was the most productive. It was a more productive legislative session than the last six Januaries combined 
for the wow. state legislature, and they've passed a raft of, you could call it progressive legislation, or you could just call it like generally like center left stuff. And you know what, even the stuff that Ron DeSantis would call woke, like they passed protections for black Americans living in Minnesota, wearing their natural hair and not being discriminated against at work. You know what, this guy didn't fall. It wasn't like gay witches for abortion. It was all fine. It was all fine. Yeah. People did not revolt against that. And what you have is a whole bunch of strong, unabashed, generally progressive legislation that's making people's lives better off. And there's no problem. Democrats are governing as Democrats and people are far better off than yeah. in these. I think the contrast that I drew was with Kansas 10 years ago under Sam Brownback, where he bankrupted the freaking government right. and, yeah. and drove it into a ditch. And I, I think anyway, I, I would like to co-sign your idea for writing a piece like that. That is that's a great idea. Yeah, because it is. It's remarkable. And again, I would like it to not be necessarily ideological to say that women should have rights and like we shouldn't ban talks. talks. And but it's yeah, the, you look at the priorities again. There's lots of other things happening in all of these states, of course. But if you look at kind of the priorities, and one is in a in a nutshell, one is cruel and one is human, and that's the way I see it. And I think that's the way a lot of people see it too. Rex Hupke, USA Today. People can find your, you write about three times a week? Uh, yeah, three at least, sometimes more, depending on what's going on and how much energy I have. People can find your column, USA Today. It's a must read. It's both hilarious and informative. So I hope folks will check that out. And thanks so much for being on Beyond Politics. Hey, always a pleasure. Great talking to you. And thanks uh, again. I want to have you read more columns if you don't mind. Done. <laughs>